candle. I didn't bring the candle. I don't have our recording candle, so it's surely going to be a bad show. Yeah, and we're pretty tired. Yeah, so let's not even do this. Maybe we shouldn't. I wish I had traveled with the candle. <laughs> I light the candle before every show. But we are back. Brings good energy. We're back in our original first episode. This is where we recorded studio. that first episode where people say that's not a show about one topic. You guys talked about whatever the hell you wanted to. That was what the first episode was about. We were working through it. Yeah, we were working through it. How do you feel? Weird. Feel drained. It's been busy. Not getting a ton of sleep. Why not? Why aren't you sleeping? We've just been very busy. <laughs> you know, just can't sleep. <laughs> I'm going to do the show like this with my feet up on the counter. I like it. It's very, I put my feet up too. It Honestly though, I mean it is, I think it's a lot of being with people. We had the show, we had the uh, live show Thursday, another show on Friday, and then another live show on Friday. And then... <laughs> You know, my mom and Ellie were here, and it's just giving, it's putting out a lot. And it's not a ton of just quiet sitting, nothing. Oh, yeah. Normally, I, uh, when I'm at home, I'm sitting on my couch half the time, which yeah. you know because uh, Find My Friends is constantly turned on. Yeah. And you check in, you're like, oh, it's on his couch again. Yep. Still in Brooklyn. <laughs> not going anywhere. Nope. What, you never see me when I'm out doing cool things? Um, every once in a while. But I don't exactly know where your work is. I just know it's across into New York, Manhattan or whatever. So I kind of know where you work. And I always zoom in and think like, what are these places all around? There's a Dunkin' Donut. You know, I just like see what's around you. But if you went somewhere a couple blocks away, I don't know if I would definitely know the difference. I would just know like, oh, he's not at home. Yeah, like the other day when I looked in on you and you were at Target. Cal's Target. Yeah. Creepy. <laughs> it's a weird thing. Yeah. Find my friends. I like it. It's nice. It is nice, but I see you. I know where you are. When you drove to Wisconsin. Yeah. Tracked your travels. Mm-hmm. I told you some exit was coming up. And gave you the town name. Yeah, and you said something. I think you asked me how the Exxon was or something. You know what I mean? Like you, you asked me about gas or something. Was it right? Were you yeah. actually at that gas station? They also had a subway there, I think. That's what it was. You talked, yeah. I was like, yes, the subway sucks. <laughs> One of those gas stations that also has a subway. So their gas station now smells like a subway. And anytime, yeah, that bread. Ugh. Fresh baked bread in the morning, just like old Italy. Yep, just like it. You want an Italian sub? You think, are they, they're not slicing all that and chopping all that stuff, are they? Uh, they're. It's being delivered chopped congealed right? deli meats well not the deli meats necessarily but like the tomatoes and the <laughs> i don't know how that works yeah i think it's delivered i heard a story about the roast beef at arby's being delivered to arby's as a liquid and then you cook it or you do something to it special that like forms it into the slices i do know i had a friend in high school who used to work at arby's and he would have to go in at five in the morning and start roasting the beef and it was in this plastic and it looked very liquidy, but I think it's just surrounded in liquid. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't see it being liquid and then solidifying. <laughs> With heat, which if it's solidified, I it, go in and I freeze the roast beef because it's a liquid and I put it in the... Right, and then I slice it. <laughs> like slicing up that frozen body. Yeah, I got to like go pre prepare the roast beef. Oh, you have to roast it? No, no, we freeze it. You freeze in the flavor. Locked in. 
We got the meats. Arby's. We've got the meats. Do you like Arby's? Uh, Arby's, the roast beef sandwich, I find to be good for half of it. Then you get to the second half and it starts tasting weird. Yeah. I feel that way about Taco Bell. I'm like, hell yeah, Taco Bell's garbage is delicious. And then in the middle, I'm like, <laughs> gagging. <laughs> it's so gross. I cannot stand that Taco Bell commercial where the couple is out watching the meteor shower of the decade, only once a decade. And, oh, they missed it because they've got some chaloop wrap. Chaloop wrap. I was so wrapped up in my wrap. Yeah, I would feel very upset with the kind of person I was if I was paying more attention to my garbage Taco Bell wrapped in a tortilla, wrapped in a hard shell, wrapped again in a fried tortilla shell. <laughs> wrapped in Cheetos. Wrapped in Dorito. They use Doritos there. The Dorito. What was that? Time's up. Uh, The computer turned on storage sense. Oh, thank goodness. Burger King had a thing with Cheetos at some point. They had Cheeto chicken fries. That's right. Cheeto crusted chicken. Were they spicy? Was it the spicy one? I I feel like there was something spicy there. Do you remember all of those videos of people eating the um, Little Caesars, like pepperoni Everywhere is pepperoni pizza. <laughs> it's a played out marketing ploy. Mm-hmm. The food dominates your life. You're willing to stab your mother in the neck to go get the Taco Bell. <laughs> it has taken over. It's like a drug and you get it and you don't give a shit that your mom's corpse is now under your feet and you're using her as a table. I have to taste the Impossible Burger. <laughs> Are people rushing and killing to get the Impossible Burger? I think lots of people have died just trampled. Well, the Burger that Popeye's King. chicken sandwich. Oh, yeah. People are trampling one another for that thing. I hate the Popeye's commercials because I don't like how, um, you know, when someone is uh, doing something to or acting a certain way to you because they know that it will work with you. What was that called? Pandering? Don't pay, Yes, thank you. Pander. Yeah. Uh, when she's like, my chicken, baby. Oh, but 17 spices. Like, all right. <laughs> I mean, Popeyes is doing well now, so they don't really need to uh, rebrand. But uh, something, what, what's something is suffering? Captain D's? Captain D's? Wow. I have not seen a Captain D's. No, wait. Is that it's Captain. Cap- it's Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which Captain is Captain. Yeah, Admiral. Which is Captain. <laughs> I think it's Captain D's. It is Captain D's. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen that in so long. That play, I mean, that's that's a low rung. Yeah, so they have nothing to lose. So their new marketing campaign should be, you're a fucking idiot if you don't eat a Captain D's. Yeah. Are you a moron? Yeah? Well, we don't want you eating here. <laughs> we only want the smartest and the brightest. Oh, you fancy yourself with a high IQ? Then come on in to Captain D's, where only the top tier citizens eat. Maybe they should rebrand it and make it very fancy. When you walk in, like the lighting's dim. It looks like a restaurant that you'd see when you go to the beach, you know, with like ropes on the wall. They should build them on hydraulics so they rock back and forth. <gasps> like, like you're on a boat. Up. Yeah. And then you get seasick and you vomit it up. That's a, And then you have to buy more because you're still hungry. Yeah. It's an experience going to Captain D's. You fucking idiot. <laughs> Moron. What's another? Wasn't there another fish one? Long John Silver's. <sighs> we got the fried shrimp. Still got poop in them. Oh, yeah. That feces line in all the shrimp. The vein. Yeah. It's not a vein. Don't call it a vein. <laughs> we de-veined them. Now you de-shit them. Yeah, you took the shit. 
out of them. Yeah, it's just like plant matter. And they're but they are bugs. Those are bugs. Lobsters are bugs. Yeah. Sea bugs. It's not it really is not much different. No. Do you like oysters or like mussels and stuff? Yeah, I'll eat mussels. Oysters raw I can't really stomach, but I've had cooked oysters before and those are good. I don't I don't uh, You don't like the bivalves. No, I guess not. Uh the oyster I don't ever see anyone chewing them. It seems like you just let it slip down your throat. Yeah, that's that's what you do. With but the then oyster. what's the point? I mean, you could do that with people like these are good oysters. Did you taste it? It just went in your mouth, down your throat. No, you're not. Do you chew an oyster? No. So then a what? cooked one you, you can chew. Yeah. The raw ones you just swallow. Why? I understand what you're saying. Yes. And why is that thing. an aphrodisiac? <laughs> yeah, something in there. Get you going. Yeah. Trigger some endorphin. Yeah. All of the swallowing <laughs> gets you ready for something else. Ready to deep throat now. <laughs> she swallowed the, she took those oysters like a champ. She like my wet slimy. <laughs> Worms. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Enough of that. <laughs> okay. We can probably start. <laughs> I don't know where to go after that. <laughs> Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ. Who cares? <laughs> I surely don't care. I, I hate it. Put my name out there as if anyone cares. Yeah. I know. Yeah, shut up. Uh, I'm Autumn. Who <laughs> Who cares? You got to take the bottom part of your jaw. (laughs) Go left or right with it. I need to move my lip so that it makes a noise. Otherwise, it doesn't really change the sound. Who cares? Oh, a little bit. All right. Welcome to One (laughs) Topic. Shut up. We know. We know it's called One Topic. We've downloaded it. Where we stick to shut the fuck (laughs) up and eat at Captain D's. I'd like the fried fish with the fried okra along with the fried French fries and then also extra of those little tiny crispy little dooby doos at the bottom. Coming right up. And here's your vomit bag. I'd like a mayonnaise-based dip to go with this fish Hey, as well. no, that's a secret sauce. The captain makes it himself. I keep saying, at least I know he's not <laughs> Captain Crunch. The captain makes it himself wow. in his chambers. In his in the bridge. Yeah, don't say he makes it with his jizz. Don't. No, I said the bridge. I I know, I know where you're going. I wanted to get through the show without talking about such a thing once. I didn't. You did it. It's your week, Greg. It is my week. <laughs> so both of us are in Atlanta right now. Yeah, we're in the studio where it all started. This is it. This is where the show began. After the night that I felt disappointed in. The way that we were going to start the show, like how we were going to work together, I was worried. But then you came to me and we worked it out. And then I thought, this is going to work. Yes. So, and here we are. You thought I wasn't going to commit to this. I I didn't think you weren't. I was nervous about it because I didn't know that the real reason was kind of how we started the show. Like, who cares? (laughs) Yeah, I've worked past those feelings. Yeah. So, I, yeah. and I really enjoy what we're doing now. Me too. 
we text each other constantly. I really like our show. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Hey, I told you this 10 minutes ago, but I'm going to tell you again. How cool is it that we have such a fun show and people like it? Yeah, it's amazing. Hey, look at our numbers today. You're Hello. great. Yeah, you're great, Greg. So we're here in Atlanta doing a lot of radio stuff. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, most people probably do, but Autumn is on every single day of the week, Monday through Friday, on the Von Hessler Doctrine, which is on WSB 95.5 in Atlanta. And I join on Tuesdays and Fridays and sometimes the podcast. And so we did a live show, meaning a live show in front of an audience, three and a half hours this past Thursday. And then there was a live show in the studio on Friday for another three and a half hours. And then Tim Andrews, who's also on that show, has his own podcast, which Autumn is also on. <laughs> it's very incestuous. Yeah. Uh, that's Radio Labyrinth. And there was a live show last night. And that was another hour and a half in front mm-hmm. of an audience. Those in front of audience shows, they really wear me down. Yeah. I I'm I am a bit of an extrovert, but I'm not the type of extrovert that gets energy from being out with people. I usually like little I deplete a little bit. Like I I pref- after a lot of that I would like to be calm and in a room, except last night when I was drinking. You're but, good you're good at it though. Yeah, thank you. Well, you you stay engaged. Cool, good. It's an important thing to be able to do. Mm-hmm. I just end up getting tired. Yeah. From it. And a couple people after the podcast recording last night, I'm going to get to the topic, I promise. This no, leads okay. into it. This is leading into it. Um, they came up, you know, those two young women yeah. who like our podcast also. They were beautiful and they were just like little fairy women. I and loved the way they looked. They were so sweet and delicate looking. <laughs> and I feel like I didn't even make eye contact with them and I didn't say much. Yeah. And I, it bothered me all night. It had nothing to do. I, I'm very appreciative of anyone who comes up and says they like the show. Mm-hmm. My first reaction, sorry about that computer. I'll turn it down for now. We're using it later. That's why I have it. It's saying, hey, do you need me? I'm ready. No, I'm appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to process and decompress. Mm-hmm. And for the rest of the night, it's like, ah, I was And they were the jerk. first people that we spoke to. So we didn't. As far as like fans after the show, the audience. So we didn't, we we weren't like practiced yet. So anyway, if you're yeah. listening to this, I'm sorry. I, I thank you for coming up, and thank you for telling us you enjoy the show. And that yeah. really does mean a lot. It does. It's really neat. Because my first reaction usually is, I love your show. I like, Why? <laughs> huh? You sure? <laughs> you know who you're talking to? <laughs> Which show? Not one topic. Nah, you don't no. mean my show? Certainly not. No. Yeah. One topic. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. So, because we've been doing all this radio and podcasting, though, which, with the state of radio, especially, podcasting is wide open and you can do whatever you want. But the state of radio being pretty constrictive. So you're doing a morning show on a music station. Good luck doing what you want to do. Right. Von Hessler Doctrine. Pretty much doing, it's Eric's show, but Eric is doing what he wants to do. Right. Which is cool. And it's cool to be a part of that. And it's it's fun to be a part of all these shows that are doing the things that they want to do, putting out the content they want to put out there, the creative vision lives. (laughs) Which made me think back to my time in radio, more specifically at 99X, and when I did the Futureplex. And the reason I want to do this while we're here, because we are actually in a real studio, and I have access to this computer, and I can play some clips from it. But the Futureplex was my attempt at doing radio that I wanted to do when I hosted the 7 p.m. to midnight shift at 99X. Which Which is a a great time slot. Yeah, that is that should be the time slot where you can be experimental. Right. This was 2006 when this was happening. I, I started there at 2005, 
and I worked there through September of 2007. So March of 2005 through September of 2007. And, you know, that was a big break. And 98X was an alternative rock station in Atlanta, for anyone who doesn't know, that uh, was really big, one of the first ones when alternative was a thing (laughs) in the early 90s. And it was a tastemaker, for lack of a better term. Okay. It introduced new music to people. And, you know, as time goes on, those things get worn down a bit. And 99X was owned by a company, Susquehanna, which was a small radio company. And that's who hired me. Or when I was hired, they were the owners. Then they were sold to Cumulus, who wanted to become a clear channel. Their whole goal is we want to be the biggest radio corporation. And along with that comes a real watering down of any content. Right. And I was brought on the air at night, not because of my music knowledge. I don't have much. I didn't even like the music. <laughs> yeah. I hated it. Yeah. It got in my way as far as I was concerned. And I would make fun of it. I had to play this song again. Um, going by the fake radio name Decker, which I hated. Where did the name come from? It came from the buzz? Yeah. When we were on the buzz, which was 96.7, which was at Clear Channel, their radio cluster in Atlanta. Uh, where 96 Rock was, follow me here. Mm-hmm. 96 Rock was the big or the big classic rock station in Atlanta. 99X was the big alternative rock station, but they competed. So Clear Channel said, we're going to launch a small alternative rock station to pull a little bit of 99X's ratings away to make 96 Rock look better. Then we can bill for more with our spots. Mm-hmm. That was the whole goal of it. Okay. And there was, you know, this autumn. Um. I'm with I'm the audience. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for engaging me. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. Keep going. <laughs> so they just put a bunch of kids on at the station because they didn't want to pay anyone to do anything. Like those idiots will do it for free. And yeah, of course. You're gonna put us on a small radio station, but you know, it's still in Atlanta. Yeah, we'll do that. And everyone they would the, the premise was this guy Roach, who was just a guy who worked in promotions, who was twenty three at the time, maybe, maybe twenty five, mm-hmm. I don't know. His uncle bought him a radio station. It's being broadcast out of a garage. Right. <laughs> Even though at the bottom of the website, it says clear channel. Yeah. No one cared. No one's looking at that. And the idea was everyone on the station had to have weed names, which I absolutely hated. Even at a young age, I said, this is dumb. So right. you had a, you had Roach, you had Schwag, you had Dank. Yeah. What What does Decker have to do with Nothing. Okay. That was my rebellion. Yeah. I just, I'll just make up a fake name. Mm-hmm. Decker. Mine was Taffy only because that was the only way that I was known. Yeah, because you were on the regular guys. Right. Uh, when you were an intern, they brought you in as Taffy. Taffy Wilson. Which that guy the other night, had this recording at Radio Labyrinth that's calling you Taffy. Yeah. And he said, please look. I, that's not, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Well, I don't care what you want. He didn't say that. <laughs> he just kept calling me Taffy. Like, yeah, okay, Taffy. Whatever you say, Taffy. It was weird. They gave me that name, which I thought was kind of like fine. That was fine um, as the intern. But then- People around the office who previously were calling me Autumn started calling me Taffy, which I did not like. Like, no. Fake names are strange. I used to get so embarrassed. This is where the scalding in the shower actually began. I would just uh. be taking a shower and I'm like, well, I'm going by this name Decker and I can't stand it. It makes no sense. How was it? Cho- How did you choose that name? I just made it up. It was arbitrary. Okay. I, I don't know. I can't tell you exactly. When I first used it, I was in high school. Oh. And on the first day of class, the teacher was going, one of the classes was going through the role. Uh-huh. I was like, if you go by a different name, let me know. And I was like, call me Decker. Really? I, I thought it was so funny. Uh-huh. What an idiot. <laughs> Someone should have smashed my face in. 
<laughs> did, said, hey, did they call you Decker? Moron. She called me Decker in that class. Wow. So when I needed a name, that's where it came from. But I don't remember at that point why I thought of it. Uh-huh. And then people asked where it came from, and I said my dad was the Frank Lloyd Wright of deck building. <laughs> he built these really beautiful, intricate decks several stories That's high. That's kind of fun. You're fleshing out this character a little bit because the character Decker is basically you. I mean, is you. Yeah, I just had to use a name. Right, you just had to use a different name. But now you're like, well, deck builder. Okay. I'm using Decker. Why am I using this name? Turn yeah. off the cold water. <sighs> I forgot. <laughs> that is where it began. Jumping back to the point in the topic of this show, yes. which is the Futureplex. I'm doing the stuff on 99X. I'm trying to create. I was brought in to create. They wanted me to do something creative. Leslie Fram, who I still look up to to this day, because when she hired me, it wasn't don't do that. Mm-hmm. We would sit there and have air checks. It wasn't don't do that. It was here's how we can do that and make it better. And right. I really took to that. It's like that's all it takes. I'm not opposed to authority. Right. It's just when authority tells you no for absolutely zero reason, mm-hmm. that I'll rebel against it. Yeah, and for them to bring you in to be creative, and then if they then said, well, that's not the kind of creativity we want. Well, that's what happened with the sale of 99X. Then right, right. the new owners came in, Cumulus, and their corporate headquarters are in, in Atlanta, so those guys were around, mm-hmm. and they were listening to it closely. And I don't know why, but the ratings were good. 99X was going down the shitter, mm-hmm. but the night ratings sometimes were better than the morning show ratings. Wow, which really? Which is bad for the station overall. Yeah. That's not... It's not what you want. Yeah. But yes, there were times. But they're very volatile at night, night ratings. So they go up and down, but they were never bad. They were pretty mm-hmm. good, and I was doing my thing. They were good there. or better than the morning show. Yeah, at times. It's awesome. Except when you want the station you're on to survive, it's not awesome. But It's awesome for you. <laughs> yeah, you can say, hey, look at this. I'm yeah. doing something. Mm-hmm. But they don't care. They come in and say, don't do this. Don't do that. Stop this. Stop that. And introduce the song. Throw out a piece of trivia that everyone knows. Ugh, that's <laughs> you're, so annoying. You're the Red Hot Chili Peppers again. Yeah. Danny California. <laughs> yeah. I'm when I when I had my little shift on the buzz, I, I probably got it from you. I made fun a lot of the music because I also didn't really like the music, and uh, I heard you making fun of it, and so I made fun of it too because it was so annoying. What were we playing at that point? Yellow card. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I like the yeah, yeah, yes. I like it. I like them. Yeah. Oh, I forget what they sing. Oh, they, they all hold on. Okay. Maps is uh-huh. a good one. All hold on. All right. That was Modest Mouse. Okay. There's Modest one. Mouse is okay too. Oh man. <laughs> you're, you're picking the few I liked. <laughs> I'm thinking of Yellow Card and Chevelle. Ooh, Chevelle. Disturbed. Did... Oh yeah. Trust Company, which that band, they went nowhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. The used. The used. Taste of ink. <laughs> Taste of ink. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes, that time. Oh, my God. What stupid music that. We didn't play Creed. No, I don't think there was Creed. There was, I guess, some standard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pulling up Taste of Ink. This is what Good. I like about being in a studio because we can actually play things pretty yes. easily. Stupid song. Sure, there's no ad. Is it worth the can you even hear me? Standing with your spotlight on me. Just shouting. Yeah. 
But then it breaks down and becomes sensitive here in a second. Right now it's a car yeah. driving, angry. How boring to play this on stage. Autumn, you're about, you're about to throw up, just like uh, the lead singer of this band would do on stage, apparently. Yeah. It was his thing. I'm no. Th- that was his thing. I, what was his name? He was dating uh, Kelly Osborne at some point. Uh, well, uh, you know, the way that that singer sounded reminded me of my complaint about EDM and how it sounds, it just, it's, it, it's increasing at going to a low it's going to a level it's going to a level it's going to a level and so it makes you feel uh some anticipation that something's gonna happen uh, and then it does the beat drops and boom boom and you're like oh i like it but you're just being tricked it's actually not good it's just tricking you into thinking that you're interested in what you're hearing because it sounds like an emergency and we're trained to like respond to things that sound like an emergency and his voice sounded very similar to that that like if I yell things, I mean something, and it sounds like I'm kind of crying now. Yeah, it's Bert McCracken is his name, by the way, and apparently, yeah, vomiting on stage was his thing. It um, sounds like he was vomiting from singing like that because <laughs> how can you keep going? It just sounds like uh, it, his voice was making the sounds of something with substance, but what is the substance in that song? Where is it? It's not there. Manipulating yeah. feelings. Yeah. With music, when done well, is really cool. Exactly. I can appreciate it. That's cheap. Yeah, that's, that's cheap. That's, that's, bah, 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 bah. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm angry, I guess. You're shouting, and there's this harsh, that's angry. Wilco, at least that's what you said. You know this one? I don't know. This song, so I, I don't want to play the whole thing. I'm going to jump to the part that I like. Okay. But there's the first third of the song is lyrics, and... uh. It's about a relationship that's falling apart. When I sat down next, uh, when I sat down on the bed next to you, you started to cry. I said, "Maybe if I leave, you'll want me to come back home, or maybe all you mean is leave me alone." At least that's what she said. And it gets to this part where there's just this long instrumental, and it captures the emotions mm. of a breakup to me perfectly. And again, this still falls into the topic. Good radio. Wilco was never really played on the radio. No, people avoided it. So I jumped ahead a bit. Oh, that line's depressing. What I'm going to go back. Okay. Here, let's do it here. You're irresistible when you get mad. Isn't it sad? I'm immune. Trait that was once irresistible no longer is working. Yeah. Was cute this is like some physical violence. You to kiss a purple black eye. Even though I it from you, I still think serious. So it's just a relationship that's dead, and here yeah. comes. This just embodies what a breakup feels like to me, this musical part here. 
with some shock. This is the anger. it goes on for a yeah. few more minutes but then it calms down and it slowly tails away and to yeah. me it's like yeah you know a yeah, breakup it's, happens it's so funny how quiet and sweet but still you know sad the beginning was because it is like that when you're breaking up you're both so sad but then in order to move on you do kind of have to mourn it right and you have to go through that angry phase and then you know you see you hear about them with someone else or they're going out without you and you get mad because you have to get mad or else you'll never move past anything. You have to move through sadness into mad, like angry and yeah. anger. And even if it's not anger, it's intense. We can, you can intense. substitute anger here for just an intense feeling yes. of some sort. Yeah. And the point I'm making here is. Sorry, now I'm interested in the music. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm not, I don't hate all music. It's just the shit on the stations was shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want to play it. Yeah. Like I could, if you want me to talk about music, I can. It's there, mm-hmm. but I wasn't brought in to talk about that hot new band Nirvana that'd been around for <laughs> fucking thirteen years, still playing it like it was the greatest thing. I understand that it changed the music landscape, yeah. but but God, do we need to hear damn. you know Teen Spirit again? No, get over it. Yeah. So that was my approach, mm-hmm. and on the air, I would just try to do my thing. And one of the things I did was the Futureplex, you know, radio that I wanted to do. Very strange thing, I guess. Probably not fit for commercial radio. I don't know. I, I think if you introduce people to it correctly, that they would get into it. It's a weird thing if you don't know what's going on. I understand. You're like, what the right, if you fuck jump fuck in. is this? And to set it up, Steve Craig was a DJ on the station, and he did the midday shift. And he did something called the Retroplex, which was just older music. Okay. Going back to the 80s, and like he got to pick it and he curated it. And so it was, it was like for the Gen Xers who might be listening to 99X. Yeah, and it was that was cool because yeah. he was picking the music and he had things to say about it. Yeah. And one night on the air, I was just in passing, I was doing a liner card. He was had some giveaway going on, and so I was reading the liner and talking about the Retroplex. And I said, I'm going to do the Futureplex. I this is where instead of playing music of the past, I play music of the future. Yeah. I travel into the future and I bring it back to you. It was. I just said it, mm-hmm. and then that night I thought I should do this. I should create this, and so moving forward with it, created a whole cast of characters, created a means of time travel, which there was a long convoluted story about getting a pan flute from my grandfather that turned out to be the actual magic flute uh-huh. that Mozart based his <laughs> opera, the Magic Flute, on, yeah. and this was confirmed through the Antiques Roadshow. And when you play different combinations on the flute, yep. it took you to different points in time. Okay. Yeah, okay. I get it. Like Mario 3. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. The warp zone. Yeah. So that's how I traveled into the future. Mm-hmm. And the whole premise was in the future, computers had taken over. Music, writing, composing, performing. That was the thing. Fine. I had some good <laughs> characters that I put out there. Uh, the first one was Mr. Dan, Musical Randomization Data Algorithmic Network. And he was the computer of a doctor who was an inventor. I don't know what he was a doctor of. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. Okay. 
<laughs> Dr. Crocker. Dr. Crocker, yeah. And the computer gained awareness. It was loyal to Dr. Crocker. It realized Dr. Crocker was sad because all of his inventions sucked. And uh, it wrote him a song to cheer him up. That was the first song. And so... Was that the first computer song in the future? Well, we can or... play this if you want. Okay. I can play you the whole episode. You want to <laughs> hear the whole thing? Well, how long is it? Well, just let's just play the whole first one, then we can jump around. Okay. It's, it's fine. I think it's interesting enough. Sure. You'll notice that, uh, well... When... <laughs> you can pause it and say things about, as we go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll do that. Um... Is 99X. 99X. Now. Okay, so I'll pause it here. This is the first time this is ever airing. Uh-huh. Someone's tuning into 99X, and it hasn't been set up at all yet. Right. So I, look, I can understand. And there's a lot of, a I lot let, of this clock ticking. I let this ticking go on way too long, on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Because I wanted to catch people's attention. I wanted to think, what the fuck? That's, that's good. But it was pretty excessive. <laughs> Think it's gonna end? It's not ending. I think yet. it was 20 seconds. Maybe I did 30 seconds. <laughs> it's too long, but I get it. There we go. Humans have always been intrigued by the future. Here's the setup. Yep. This guy Jeff Laird, who did imaging. Mm-hmm. May you rest in peace. He died of a heart attack. He was a very nice guy. I asked him to record this for me, and he had quite the voice. This is the setup. It tells you what the Futureplex is. Now people know, right? They understand. Yeah. Of course they're going to hear this and say, what? Yeah, yeah, of course. Decker travels into the future. Thoughts of glory to come give people hope. Give people strength. Give people a reason to live. Will there be flying cars? Will computers complete our daily chores, allowing us to lounge around in a drunken haze, slowly turning into fat amorphous blobs? Will robots play baseball? Up until now, the only way to know for sure was through the natural progression of time. The music in the background, by the way, Crockett's oh, theme, the which from the 80s, nothing to do with the future, but I just like it. So. Well, and Vice City was happening back then, right? Yeah, that was probably the influence. Yeah. But that has all changed. Tonight, 99X takes you to the future. future. <laughs> with the aid of a secret time warp opened up by a different <laughs> melodic combination played on a magical pen. And then flute. the music in the background kind of sounds like that. You. I like that. Yeah, it's ding, nice. Ding, ding. You're like, oh, magic flute. Maybe that's the magic flute combo. It's a nice, in, in future episodes, that buzzer, mm-hmm. I, I found just pan flute melodies and played them because that makes more sense. Sure. I don't know why I used the buzzer in the first one. Something I wish I could change. Here's hmm. Unborn. You're about to embark on a journey unlike any other. This is music of the future, by the future, and for the future. Welcome to the Future Plex. After the long buildup, it's finally arrived. It's a very exciting night. Exciting for me because I get to share the splendors of the future with you. Exciting <laughs> for you because you're going to experience things beyond your wildest dreams. Hello there. I find myself mouthing this, yeah. listening to it. So it all comes back. <laughs> yeah, you remember it. I, I do remember yeah. it. It's so weird. My name is Decker. And as you just heard, this is so the Future Plex. <laughs> Open your minds, open your hearts, and open your ears. While you're at it, close your mouth, because what I'm about to tell you is crucial to your understanding when it comes to the state of music of the future. Times have changed. And what I've found most interesting through my travels in time 
is that humans in the future have been replaced by computers and machines when it comes to writing, producing, and performing music. And every genre of music that you find in the days to come can all be traced back to one computer. This was the beginning point. Let me say, if you tuned in, you wouldn't be interested? I would be. Even if it was, uh, what the fuck is this shit? Definitely. I listen, But I feel like I am not the normal audience. Yeah, shut up and play the music. Not even that. Just more like, well, I don't understand what this is, so I don't want to know more because it's confusing. When I hear something like that, I'm like, what is this? I'm excited. Like, I need to know what is happening. What is this weird thing that's happening? No trust. No trust put in me. Yeah. This new management that came in. But this is not when the new management was there. This was before. They no, were... they had already started, but I didn't tell them I was going to do this. Oh, okay. We'll get into those problems here soon. Okay. The pioneer. His name, Mr. Dan. Or Musical Randomization Data Algorithmic Network. Created in 2015 by Dr. Crocker, Mr. Dan's original purpose was to run mathematical equations, nothing more. This was an aid to Dr. Crocker in his ongoing process to better humanity through his quality of life inventions. Now, all these inventions failed. And because of this, Dr. Crocker became a depressed man. His wife left him. He had no friends. And his sole companion was Mr. Dan. Now, through the natural technological... Look, you've got a character now Yeah. that you feel for. Yes. Look, at the, all the elements are there. ...evolution that computers encounter, Mr. Dan began to pick up on the fact that Dr. Crocker was unhappy, and in an effort to cheer him up, Mr. Dan wrote the first song solely generated by computers. Okay. And just as Mr. Dan presented that song to Dr. Crocker on a cool autumnal evening in 2015... Which, by the way, seemed very far away at the time. It was nine years away. What? I, I missed the year. What was it? 2015. Wow. An autumnal evening in 2015. Autumnal. Um, and then so the music, let me tell you, my friend Lee, Lee Tesh, who's now in the band Al Algiers, and uh, I forget Liam's last name, which is shitty of me. They wrote the music. I wrote the stories and created the characters. I have no musical ability, so they wrote the music. Mm -hmm. So it was a team effort, a collaboration. I now have the pleasure of presenting it to you tonight. So without further ado, here's Mr. Dan with Sarah Tidal. It's the Future Plex on 99X. Look, it's not refined, Autumn. I no. see that look you're giving. It's the first song ever wholly created by a computer. Right, and so it makes sense that it sounds like, you know, staticky, and I get it. Yeah, he's evolving. Yeah. Worry. You got those lyrics? Yeah, serotonin running low, indication that doctor's not well. Yeah, he's not well. Yeah. Computer's what, trying to... What's he going to do for him? Humans have feelings that deep on the process. What makes you happy, doctor? What makes you happy, doctor? The prime objective is to keep doctor happy. And doctor's happy when he's most productive. Doctor's happy when he's most productive. Okay, so tell me the rest, the, the lyrics before that. 
uh, serotonin levels running low, an indication that doctor is not well. What was the line of that? Something. The prime objective is to keep doctor, doctor happy. happy. Oh, humans you're... need something. Humans have feelings that define the, or maybe it's... Define the process yeah. or something. Okay. <laughs> Even I don't know. Well, words. it's hard to, it's a little hard to, well, the compression is crazy. Yeah, because this was taped. Right, right. The tape deck in the studio is taking the, the air feed, so right. it's already compressed to hell. Yeah. And productivity is the pain of existence because humans have feelings that define the process. It sounds good, like a real song. Yeah. Like a real song that you might hear on... I don't know, some band that's made it and has decided to put something out and then the radio station plays it just because their name is known, you know? Yeah. yeah if, you, if you tuned in and you missed the whole setup, maybe you heard this song. You're like, what is this? You'd still be curious. Yeah. I want to know what this is. What is this? They think this is good? Now you're playing this shit now? At least you'd stick around. Yeah, I'll jump there. You get the point of that song. Yeah. So, uh... Mr. Dan, serotonin. Maybe not the quality you'd expect from a computer from the future, but you have to remember that Mr. Dan was the first computer ever solely on his own to write a song. (laughs) This laid the groundwork for generations of machines to come. And we'll continue on with Mr. Dan's story next week on the Futureplex. 99X. Nice. So when you, did you write those words to the songs or, or did uh, no, your friend did it? I was hands off with the music. I okay. said, here's what I need. Here's yeah. the story. I need you to fill in this song. Okay. So they knew that doctor wasn't well and that the computer was nervous for him and needed to cheer him up. Yes. Okay. And then I listened to this tape with my friend Lee after that night in my car mm-hmm. and we giggled <laughs> like young schoolboys. Look what we're going to do. Like, well, can you believe that was just played on commercial radio in Atlanta? Yeah. It was a station we grew up with. When right. that next launched, I was nine. Yeah. I remember when it changed over from the other, the radio station. The power. Yeah. Power 99. Yeah. And you know what? Here's again, different management. When they flipped power 99 X, they did it without corporate management approval. They just did it on their own and risked their jobs. Wow. They said, if this doesn't work, then you can fire us. But they convinced them once they did it and they got in trouble for doing it, that it would work. They convinced them to give them a chance. Right. And then it blew up. That's cool. So, you know, there's a history at that station of, of doing trying things, something interesting and different. Which is just dead in radio. Yeah. People- do you come across any of this? The creative things you like to do, what do you do? Uh... The shows, podcasting, voices, so you have, yeah, coming up with characters. You really we, lucked out, Autumn. Yeah. You're just getting to do the stuff. Yeah. You bake, that's creative. Oh, yeah. It's not really creative. You're just following a recipe. I guess the decoration of something. But if you worked at a bakery and there was a boss, yeah, there'd probably be different types. Like, hey, I want to learn to decorate and do it on my own and do it yeah. my way. No. Right. Even though you maybe the best cake decorator around. Or the bed's bed bread baker, but you have a different <laughs> process. But it, this is different. This is a creative medium. Uh, we're we're if we're talking about like a music station, it's fine. You need to introduce the music, but 
what we liked about radio was the connection that you can make, you know, listening to someone, knowing that they live in your city or your whatever, whoever, wherever close you're accessible. To. Yeah. In theory, when radio was live before voice tracking became a thing, too, mm-hmm. where it's, oh, there's the DJ. Oh, a giant water main break just happened. But he's not talking about it because he recorded the show two days ago. Right. Because the station didn't want to pay any money. Right. Um, but what you're saying, to your yeah. point, in theory, very intimate medium. Yeah. And you could conceivably pick up the phone and talk to the person you just heard. And you grow to, you, you connect with the people that you're listening to. Um, whether you like what they're playing or you like what they talk about or you understand their humor when they play something, you know, like if they're talking about something and then they'll play a song that has to do, you know what I mean? Like you connect with them and you kind of feel like they're your friend. And when radio stations want to like guarantee that any of those elements will work, they take away any of the soul. And it's the same thing with like movies, right? The the only way that movies are getting backed are if they know that people will recognize the title of the movie because of some nostalgia or it's something that's already established, like Lego something, you know, superheroes, remakes of every single movie from the past is happening, you know? So it's the same thing. It's like there's no trust or there's no... um. No one is willing to risk anything. But sometimes when you risk, you get a lot of reward. And people are afraid to do that. And that's pretty annoying. And now that I guess you could say that Marvel and the way they've built their universe was maybe a risk at first. Uh-huh. But it's also changed the whole industry now. It's like you're not going to gross a billion dollars? Yeah. Mm, I don't know if we want to invest $100 million. Right. Or 200. Look, no one's even asking that. A lot of these indie films, give them six million mm-hmm. let them try to do something but the independent studios a24 focus mm-hmm. they're all owned at this point by bigger studios or most of them are but uh that's where this kind of stuff can exist but yeah the big studios aren't going to take the chances anymore and right. it seems like when they do it does always fail so, told you so yeah it's like, why why can't this just work so now it, the way that radio has grouped together in these basically like regions of broadcasting it's it's not as local and as individualized as it used to be so now the the radio stations have become like a movie uh company right where they don't it's it's um they'll take one person and spread their show across a region instead of it being more localized yeah and part of that was the biggest companies took on so much debt buying as many radio stations <laughs> as they could. Yeah, they couldn't risk they it. They couldn't get out. Yeah, they couldn't get out. They had to just cut staff, cut corners, cut quality. Cut quality. It's like, well, that's, we just got to make our money back. But what are we doing? You know what I mean? What is radio? Is it just playing music? No. It's both. Radio is always both. It's someone talking, someone to connect with the audience. And in order to do that well... You either need to risk, you know, ha- having someone in there that might do something weird that is that gains in popularity or maybe it won't. But if it does, then you'll win. Right. You'll get you'll get better ratings. You'll you'll have a group of people listening that love your station and maybe love the station uh, other times of the day because they love that one person. You would think. <laughs> You're making too much sense, Autumn. 
You would think that's the way it would work. And they also I only don't- say that as the audience because I love listening to like it's well now it's turned to podcasts because podcasts is the one of the only places where you can get you know real people talking about things. Radio management has no not all of it. Like again, you know, at WSB right, yeah. with Eric's show. They took a risk on it. Yeah. And it's paying off because mm-hmm. it's different. It's different than what the station used to be about. And there's an audience for it. Um, but a lot of radio management doesn't know how to find talent, doesn't know how to see raw talent. That was the one thing with Leslie. I, who knows? Maybe I would have just completely sucked, even if I was able to do what I wanted to do. But, you know, I sent a pretty raw air check to her, and she listened to it and said, brought me in. So I'm going to give you the, the night shift, a full-time shift, and we'll work together. Yeah. That doesn't exist anymore. And, yeah, maybe sometimes you take a risk and it doesn't work out. But it's not going to work out when you put on the most vanilla, bland bullshit. Yeah. I'm cursing a lot on this show because I have strong feelings about it because radio is what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I know there's this idea there's a bitterness. And maybe there is. Because you, the break was there. It wasn't like the break never came. It was there. I got the break. I got the shift. Yeah. Some people never even get that. It's like, well, yeah, wow. You mm-hmm. think you made it. No, you know. And it's, no, we don't want any of this. Yeah. So what happened after this played? Did anyone approach you? Did anyone say, what was that? So I, I think I got away with a few episodes. It was only once a week. Right. Okay. And I was doing it at 8 p.m. Okay. Uh, so I started my shift at 7. I was doing it at 8. So, for example, the second future Plex will play some of this one. This is one of my favorite ones in terms of the songs. Like this one, it really pulls at the heartstrings. <laughs> Everything alternative. This is 99X now. Is this still super long? <laughs> I'm timing it. That's 10 seconds. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be 20. <laughs> 20 seconds. 20. Have always been intrigued. All right, we've heard this. Let's yeah, jump yeah. ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's once a week. You have to reset it up. Yep. People a reason to come on. Our last visit, you'll know of the lowly Dr. Crocker, a failed scientist and inventor, always falling short with his innovations, such as 2M and Preparation G. Dr. Crocker lived a miserable life. What is 2M and Preparation G? <laughs> That's a bad joke. 3M, the company oh, 3M, and then Preparation H. H. <laughs> He possessed no social skills, and his best friend was Mr. Dan, a computer that he programmed to help him with his fledgling experiments. Now, over time, Mr. Dan became aware and made it his sole purpose to keep Dr. Crocker happy, forever indebted to the doc for creating him. Mr. Dan showed his affection mainly through songs written for the doctor, and in this process, inadvertently became the first computer to solely write music on its own accord. This is important because this set the groundwork for the future of computer music. Jumped to November 21st, 2015. Dr. Crocker's only child, the beautiful and lovely Annie Crocker, is getting married. Outside of Mr. Dan, Annie is the only other being that Dr. Crocker has any love for, and Annie returns this love wholeheartedly as she has picked up on the good in her father, while all anyone else can see when they look at him is a hollow shell of a man with poor personal hygiene habits. (laughs) He really was an emotional wreck, and Mr. Dan, wanting to keep Dr. Crocker happy, of course, decides to do something special on this wedding day. He writes a song dedicated to Annie, knowing how much Annie means to Dr. Crocker. 
And with the power of time travel, I have been blessed with. Nice. I now hold it is, in but my hand the, uh, a copy of the... Music in the background is driving me nuts. <laughs> I, really, I, I looped it. I know, but I really want it to do the... <laughs> nope. I know, it won't go. <laughs> to create a music bed. No, I get it, but it's... <laughs> Keep listening, waiting for it to happen. All right. If you were around at the time, I would listen to that critique. Oh, okay. I would have. That's a song people know. Yeah, it's a song people know. If it's not getting to the point they went to and they're not paying attention to what I'm saying, sure. I would have listened to that. Okay. That very beautiful song that stole the hearts of everyone attending the wedding ceremony that evening. (laughs) So energetic. This is Mr. Dan with I'm Not Exactly Sure What Love Is, but I'm going to try and explain. I do hate that, too. But I'm going to try and explain it. That's poor Oh, grammar. no. I'm going to try to explain it. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> things haven't changed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's the future plex on 99X. Doctor, <laughs> this is a song for Annie's wedding. <laughs> Happy love, Annie. Happy what? Happy love. Happy love. 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 I love this. Love. talking about that the, the, the voices in the background there's a lot of stuff i think yeah one with that one you're asking is brandy chocolate covered cherries okay brandy. which mr dan also sings in his lyrics so much and right. our love will carry on I don't know what's going on yeah, there. What was I don't know what that lyric is. I have no clue. I love how everybody goes. No, I don't know. It is too compressed. Yeah. I'm going to jump to the end of the because the way this builds at the end, like the wedding march or whatever, it's not that. Uh-huh. So it's like. melting it's getting bigger and stronger yeah just like the love church bell
This is beautiful. I like it. It's crazy. I was waiting for Dan because I like the way Mr. Dan ends all the songs. Okay. Same noise every time. I'm not exactly sure what love is. <laughs> what I mean by saying that, right, that you're crazy, is that is, I feel like you, that's pretty risky. This is crazy. Like if I, I okay, I, I am, I enjoy that you made it. I enjoy the idea behind it. I love that. The idea of like, you got to wait and put it on terrestrial radio. Like, that's crazy. But I think about being someone listening in my car and just it's going on and on. <laughs> it's getting intense. Like, I just was thinking about like, if I were in the car, what would I be thinking? Like, what? That's part of it. This? That's part of what I was going for. It's like when you're younger too, there's just a tendency to shock, uh-huh. which can replace real talent and creativity. So right. I'm just going to shock. Yeah. And some of that was here, but it wasn't shocking through crudity or saying something to offend a person. Right. It's like, yeah, did the, the ticks need to go on for 20 seconds? No. Can the song be shorter? Yes. Yeah. Can the whole thing be condensed? Sure. So, yes, yeah, I'm, I'm young. Yeah. If I, again, would redo it, could redo it, uh-huh. I would make some edits to it. Yeah. But I still... Was I was pushing things. Leslie, I think she really did the right thing, right? By saying, you have something, you're interested in doing this, you obviously have some talent for it, let's figure out how to make that work. I think that's really, really smart. To yeah, know. but by the time this was happening, that was, she was still in her job, but uh-huh. she didn't have any real power. Um, and they brought in a corporate guy to oversee the few stations, mm-hmm. the two stations, it was only Q one hundred ninety nine X at that time, um, you know, and and they told me to stop doing it. They made Leslie call me. I called her back. She didn't answer. I ranted for like three minutes about how I wasn't going to stop. I believed in it, and what ended up happening was she called me back and said, "Okay, you can do it at ten o'clock." So she obviously went to bat for me. Okay, and yeah, and that's nice. Tried to keep it going. Yeah. How many did you end up doing? So there are 10 posted on uh-huh. this Tumblr page, which will probably go away at some point. Yeah, you need to get them. Who knows what the hell is up with Tumblr. Uh, there was Futureplex 110. Okay. And there was a lost episode, one I didn't record. And I forget what that one was. So the progression of them is the first half is about Mr. Dan. So after Mr. Dan's song at Annie's wedding, somebody from a record label was there and heard it and was blown away. Uh... And they sign him. And the next one isn't a song. Uh, maybe I didn't have access to Lee or something at that point to write a song or there wasn't time. So Futureplex 3 was Mr. Dan gives a rare interview. So I interview him. And then Futureplex 4 is, hello, my name is Mr. Dan. That's his first major record label release. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, number five, let's just listen to a little bit of this song. Okay. okay. <laughs> this is, hello, my name is Mr. Dan. I'm here. And as advanced as Mr. Dan was, he didn't have voice recognition. So he believed. Daniel, we're just tired of being. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're good songs. Yeah, they're fun. Doctor, this is a song to make people happy. See, look, he's grown. There's, there's, yep. there's growth here. There's character development. Now sure. it's not just about making Dr. Crocker happy. It's make about people happy. Yes. Mr. Dan. I need for you to understand. I'm brought to you from Dr. Crocker's hands. 
So his name, and then it's just his voice. Like, Mr. Dad, Mr. Dad. <laughs> all right, so that gives you. And then the next one, I won't go through them all. Someone can, if they really want to listen to this, we can post it. It's also gregrust.com. Okay. Uh, gregrust.tumblr.com. The next one is Mr. Dan performing at a music festival. Mm-hmm. And so he, it, when we go to it, we're hearing the live performance, and he's finishing up that song, and then he goes into serotonin. But he invites Dr. Crocker up on stage for it. And someone shoots and kills <gasps> Dr. Crocker. Oh, no. And then Mr. Dan pretty much shuts down. And then we do move. Do you have, is that in a, is that in the episode? Like, do you hear it? Yeah, and you want to listen to that part? Yeah. Alternative. This is like for the future plex. That's how much I care about bringing guy rockets. People flock out to see him. Things are going well. That is until June 25th, 2016, in the town of Boring, Oregon. Yes, it's a real town, and it's also the hometown of Dr. Crocker, the scientist that created Mr. Dan. Now, all good things must come to an end. So we're going to go right Foreshadowing. now progress to Mr. Dan's live performance in Boring, Oregon. The Future Flex on 99X. They love them. Listen to that crowd. Oh, he's inviting him on stage. Okay. This is Doctor. This is Doctor. Could you imagine how exciting would it be? Or there, you hear serotonin. Yeah, there he is. There this was is an serotonin. I- there was an idea to take this to stage and put on shows, and it was just going to be a computer that sat on a pedestal and flashed on stage. <laughs> Never got there. There's an arc here. So did you have, did you do that? And because they were telling you to stop doing it? No, that was only episode oh. five. <laughs> and then from there, it moved on to Shinon 3-Bit, which was the rival to Mr. Dan. I think they were related somehow. Okay. Uh, and then his song is 
the opposite of Mr. Dan's really dark and depressing. Oh, no. And then I kind of moved away from the Mr. Dan storyline because I think it was presented that he shut down after Mr. Dan. I mean, after uh, Dr. Crocker was killed. Sure. And then Future Plex number seven was Chase McEwen sings the blues. He's like the last human who's still trying to play music. And nobody <laughs> gives a shit. And then Rev Bob, which I don't, it was a rip off of Mr. Dan. Like okay. people, like that band's popular. Right. Let's rip it off. And Rev Bob stood for something that made no sense. <laughs> then you had Stereo Megatron, which this one would have been for Jared, who's a producer on the Von Hessler Doctrine who likes CDM. Oh, really? Stereo Megatron was pretty much a DJ who at the end of every set short circuited and blew up. <laughs> And then just waiting for him to blow up. And then the last one was a deity. So it was like some religious music. And that was that was the end of it. It was probably my I forget how it ended or why it ended. But uh, yeah, at some we, point, 99X, the management, corporate management said, uh, we're making a change at night. We're taking you off the air because you're doing you're trying to be too creative. So they took you off. the. They didn't just say you need to stop doing this. Fine, They did say that. And I didn't listen to some of the things they said. Oh, OK. <laughs> So then they were like, there were warnings. Fired. There were warnings. I was like, yeah, try me. Yeah. Do what I want. Or I'll try you. <laughs> and then the meeting happened. We're making a change. <sighs> that was tough. I bet. I bet it was tough. Look at brilliant content. And I think you've mentioned before, this was during a time when you felt like you were at your most creative. Yeah, I was feeling great. Yeah. We would go out at night and sit there and smoke cigarettes like, Gravity Bar, Gravity uh-huh. Pub, I forget what it's called, in the East Village, East Atlanta Village. Sorry, I've lived in New York for a while. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, we would sit there and smoke and drink and write this stuff out, and it was mm-hmm. fun. I'd just stay up until the sun came up. And then I was removed from the air. They were being too creative. And I was angry yeah. and bitter for years. And that's that. That's the end of that story. I like it. I, I think. I think that you... Have you had a taste of doing something that you believed in and that fed you creatively and you couldn't, it ruined you, right? For anything else. You had to keep doing that. Yeah. I'm glad that we do the show. Yeah. Have I ever told you that? <laughs> you, Greg, this show I think is so important for us, for me, for you. Uh, it does feed us creatively because- on some of our other shows, um, we're not given the space to maybe express ourselves. And that's fine. We're supporting exactly. roles on those shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't saying that as like that no, I, was I, negative, but we don't have that. And the fact that we have the ability to do something like this and make it the way that we want to make it is, I think that's what speaks to people. I think that's why people listen to us or to podcasts in general. And the goal is to give people something relatable. Like obviously our friendship is very close and I think we have good chemistry. I know we do. That's not I think. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is relayed and detectable by people listening. And, uh, you know, even something like this, hopefully this show was about, you know, the future Plex Mm -hmm. and it was very self-centered of me. Well, your Walmart show was very self-centered for oh, you. Oh, yeah. I played a supporting role in that one. I didn't mind. No, I don't But then the train either. one was very self-centered with me. Oh, way to go. Um, <laughs> I don't like our show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, but within this, I think on with whatever you do, even if you're not working in a creative field, if you have a skill and you're asked to do that skill 
and you think there's a way that you could do it better, maximize it, and get more out of it, but you have people above you, nope, don't, no, no, yeah. stop. No, there's no trust. At least give a person a chance. Let them risk their job. Give them the opportunity if you're in a position, like, I'm going to let you try this, and if it fails, you're done. Yeah, hang yourself with your own rope or whatever. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. If someone said, okay, you can try this. Because then it really is on you. You can't blame anyone else, and maybe that's too much pressure for people. Well, those people don't have to try it then. Then they can just do what they want to do, but some people would say, they would say, okay, I believe in it this much, and even if it didn't work, you could. it doesn't mean it was wrong. It's like, okay, we look at it. How could I have made that better? Mm-hmm. Again, going back to the way Leslie treated me when I was first hired. That's really, really smart. I like that a lot. Yeah, there's not, there's no just initial instinct to rebel. Right. It's like, okay, I'm happy to work with you. I trust you. You've been in radio for quite a long time. I and will... she treated you with respect so and acknowledged what you were doing so that you didn't have to then buck whatever she was saying because you felt like you needed to defend what you had created because this isn't like you made a spreadsheet and someone's telling you you did it incorrectly this is an idea of yours that's like a feeling an opinion a thought those are these are your your it's way more personal so then when someone tells you like no that's wrong or that's bad it's way more personal than that makes it harder yeah. than if you were making a spreadsheet. But maybe if you're making spreadsheets, you know how to make a better spreadsheet. And if you're told no, yeah, yeah, it doesn't hit as hard, I wouldn't think. That's what I mean. Because, as you said, it's not you putting yourself out there. Right. You, you put yourself out there with this idea. And she respected you enough to respect that idea and that thought and that creativity by saying, I hear what you're doing. Let's tweak it so that you can keep doing it and make it. And you were young and, and she was she's older. So she has more experience in life and in radio. So she knew what to do and what you needed to do. And then that was ripped away. And then. Right. It was all taken away. It was all taken away from you. And it was very hard to get over. Again, it was a thing that you wanted to do. I wanted to do. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, where we are now. It's pretty good. I'm not. I, I feel happy. Yeah. With all the stuff that's going on. Things have come around. And yeah, doing the show with you really has boosted my spirits. Good. Me too. Plural. I <laughs> you're many spirits. I have many. Uh yeah, I feel really proud of this show. And um I'm really grateful that you also feel kind of the same way about it. Like you wanna keep the integrity of it, uh, which isn't like we have this huge integrity, but no, but we were talking earlier, we're not even close to this, but, you know, if you ever want to make money off of a, a podcast, mm-hmm. you need sponsorships. Mm-hmm. And you could crowdsource money. I don't really want to go that path. I've said this before. I don't think people listening should have to pay for it. I know some people would support us. Yeah. But I don't, I don't maybe if there were millions, like just everyone <laughs> give us $1. Right. Please. <laughs> <laughs> just give us 50 cents. <laughs> and I wouldn't feel bad about it. Right. I don't want someone paying, you know. More than a dollar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> per month. But the point is, right? Keeping the integrity of the show. Yeah, but so this is sponsorships with a show named One Topic. But let me, look, today we're talking about Windex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which maybe we would do on our own, but it. Right, not because Windex was sponsoring us. You could, yeah, this could really be hijacked if the people involved yeah. weren't you us. S- <laughs> you see it all over uh, YouTube. 
where people are doing reviews of things because they were sent a PR package and they have to and they review it and because they are receiving money from that company, they give it a positive review. And so you can't trust those reviews, but it's the same thing. It would be the same thing. That'll never happen. No, it will I not. I promise you that. I don't want that. I would kill myself. And I really want to try and find sponsors um, of people or of products or whatever that we like. I don't want it to just be like bowl and brand sheets, audible, you know, Casper mattress. Maybe if we just order, if we like just seem to like those things and maybe we could reach out to those people. But that's the integrity part that I want to keep because I don't feel like we are doing this so that the podcast will be super, you know, huge and successful. If it, I would love for that to happen, but I'm happy doing it just for the people who are listening and for the people who get something from it because it seems like. Because we get something from it. We get something from it. It doesn't need to be monetary. Right, right. And the, the reward of people getting something from it is really nice because it is something that makes people maybe feel less alone because they feel a certain way about you know coping or stealing or hotels <laughs> yeah, you put yourself out there and then people say i like that it's like oh and really saying i like you right mm-hmm. like we all just want to be liked ultimately you can sure. pretend you don't care yeah but there's always a part like, yeah that's nice i want our show to stay thoughtful yeah and that's the goal and and doing an ad for windex doesn't feel thoughtful I would take Pine Sol as a sponsor, though, because I love the smell of that. Okay. See, that's what I mean. That's thoughtful because then you could say something about Pine Sol that's a real thing, not like, you I know. just pour it on my floors. <laughs> <laughs> Let it evaporate because I love the smell. You just put it in a corner. <laughs> I love the smell of Pine Sol. <laughs> I know that people are moving away from the chemicals. Um, that's a shame. That's funny. That's very good. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, that's that's pretty much wrapping it up. I guess the only thing I want to say is, you know, when I manage people now in my video production job, I say, here's what I need from you. I don't care how you do it. Here's what I need to buy. So mm-hmm. I don't care when you do it as long as you do it by this point. I leave people alone. Yeah. Sometimes people take advantage of that and they don't do the job well and they don't hire them again. Right. There's a lot of freelance. But so I think you give people the option to work the way they want to work and need to work and the room they need to do it well. Right. That's really the way you should go. With many things, maybe not a surgeon. You should probably stick by the book if you're a surgeon. Sure. Do it the way you're supposed to do thing. it. Yeah. But most most things, I think there's some flexibility there. And while this show was kind of about the future plex, the fact that we're both here in Atlanta in the room where we did the first show and it's the first time we're back, it's like a recap show or of, of us and this. Yeah. Yeah. So. And where your sort of inclination to really do something different and interesting came from. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed this one. Thank you, Autumn. Good. Thank I'm you for indulging. You what do you want to go out on? You want to go out on Stereo Megatron? Sure. Rate or- and review us on iTunes. Search for us. One topic. Like, like us on Facebook. We're on Instagram. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> That's it? That's everything? I don't know. Share is the it? show. I, I like, oh, yeah, share it. Sharing is the most important thing. If you like the show and someone asks you if they if you know a good podcast, at least try to get them to listen to it. Yeah. If they don't like it, whatever. What are you going to do? Right
Megatron. Dr. Crunk puts the PhD in fat minus the D. Hey, Greg. Hey, Autumn. Do you like hot sauce? You know, I do like hot sauce, but I'm getting pretty bored of my regular Texas Peter Tabasco. I'm looking for a local sauce without mm. any additives or extracts. A company that uses local peppers so it's as fresh as possible, and a company that really cares about the integrity of the sauce and where their ingredients come from. Definitely. And hey, while we're at it, I don't want a sauce with too many ingredients. Mm -mm. You know, a lot of other sauces out there, they have all kinds of fillers, so I'd love to find a sauce with, I don't know, what, let's say no more than five ingredients. I mean, it's crazy, but there's gotta be a company out there that hand processes their sauce. You know, bottling and labeling every bottle themselves. I'm probably asking a lot. Well, you really are, but there is a hot sauce out there who only uses five ingredients, what? zero fillers, huh? additives, or extracts, and who bottles, labels, and packages everything themselves. It's called Hoff Sauce. What? They're a small batch hot sauce company out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, that's won best Louisiana style sauce in the country. How many times? Not once, not twice, three times. Three times! How does that sound, Greg? I think that sounds amazing. You know how you can get your own bottle of no, hot sauce? No, no, tell me please now. Hoffandpepper.com. And not only am I giving you the gift of the best hot sauce that you'll ever taste, I'm gonna give you 15% off if you use the code ONETOPIC15. Hold on, that's... Yes, get a pen and paper. Good. That's O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-1-5. All squished together at checkout. You'll get 15% off your order and your life will be better. Thank you. You're welcome. Welcome. 